0: Second Corinthians twelve verse number seven, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the the excuse me through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me, and he said unto me. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, this is verse number 10, Therefore I take pleasure in my in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then... Am I strong? so I want to talk about this this thought: Is God's grace sufficient or not? There's a lot of times I was talking to someone just a few feels like feels like very recently, and uh, he asked me the question. He says, uh, "Do you ever just sit back and thank God for unanswered prayers?" And uh, I said, yeah." I do. And we were discussing a certain situation, and uh it, it was just evident. It was Phil Langston. That's what, who it was. Phil Langston. And he met uh at Brother Ryan Goins' church. He met a woman that he dated when he was in high school, and he said when she left, after being very cordial, he said, Do you ever just thank God for unanswered prayers? And I said, Yes, sir. I sh- certainly do. Well, this kind of... That thought kind of brings me to this. Sometimes we, we say that God has an answer to prayer, but possibly in his silence, he has. Um, because he didn't give you an answer. That was his answer. Well, Paul, he says here in verse number seven, he admits that he's been given a lot of revelations. You can look through the epistles and you could see these revelations. These were, these were not private. In in so much that he was to hold him to himself. That's why he wrote them in the epistles. But he had an insight with God, if you will. I mean, Jesus Christ met him on the road to Damascus, and so he had a relationship with God. And he is um, Charles Spurgeon has been called the Prince of Preachers, but I believe even above Charles Spurgeon, Paul was the Prince of Preachers. I mean, he he. He's an example for us all. And so, he's in verse number 7, he says, even though I've had all these revelations, he said, There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, and it was the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, in verse number 8, he asked the Lord to let it depart. But verse number 9 really is our text, and he says, uh, he's, he's responding now to his question and he says the Lord's answer was this. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And that's the end of God's message. Let's read it again. Christ said, my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. We pray all the time about God give us grace. At at the table before we meal, we pray for God's grace. And what we're doing is we're asking God to, to show us favor that this meal is healthy for us. And And uh, sometimes we pray over meals that we know are not going to be healthy for us, but we still ask Him to bless it. Um, and then we're 42 and we're 100 pounds overweight and we're blaming everybody but ourselves. Come on. Right there. Uh, <clears throat> but... Um, we we say grace or we ask for grace a lot of times. And one of the ones that I think of the most is traveling grace. And uh, Brother Dwayne Moore, last night, he posted a picture. Uh, and he said, thank you so much for everybody that continually prays for us that we'd have traveling grace and mercy. And he showed he's got a kind of a, a red-looking SUV. And uh, he described that they were on the interstate around Calhoun. And he said there was a car hauler that came over on him and they didn't even know that it had hit them. But after, um, after the night into the morning, they went out and looked and there's paint all down the side, broke the mirror, uh, all kinds of things. And he says, but for the grace of God, I, I you know, my family could have been hurt. And so we think about the grace of God. We think about Ephesians. He says, for by grace, are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves? It is the gift of God. Now, so so we, let, let's get in the mindset of this grace. Paul is asking a question from God and he's laying it on the table. He said, God, you, You've touched me. You've given me wisdom. First Corinthians 13, he said, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, uh, he says, you know, I work miracles. So he's got a touch from God, and he's saying, God, you've given me these revelations, but you've also given me a thorn in the flesh. And I realize, he says that at the end of verse number 7, lest I should be exalted above measure. So he realizes why he has this, thorn in the flesh but he's still asking him he says in verse number eight i've assault the lord thrice or three times and it might depart from me but all he said was my grace is sufficient for thee my strength is made perfect in weakness now i'd like to 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 say some other stuff about this i'm trying to hurry um he says most gladly i want to focus in on the the grace of god but most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that I, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And then in verse number uh, 10, he says, Because of this, I'm going to glory in infirmities, in necessities, in all of these things. So why would he say that in verse number 9 and verse number 10? Why would he say, I'm going to glory... Or why would he say, I'm going to take pleasure in these things? Because Christ has spoken to him and he's given him an answer for every need in his life. He said, my grace, this is Jesus speaking, my grace is sufficient for thee. The word sufficient, it means more than enough. More than enough. My wife was fixed, started fixing supper or fixing lunch yesterday for today, and uh, she had, I don't know, was it eight or nine chicken breasts, and she's making a chicken casserole, and uh, I said, you need to make sure Kurt and is going to be here before you fix all that, because that's going to be too much if, if it's just going to be the four of us. So she did, and they are, but even I look at it, and there's a big nine by thirteen casserole dish, there's another nine by nine casserole dish, and I'm thinking, that's sufficient, What I mean by that is that's not just enough, but that's more than enough. If somebody this evening, just, just say, or this morning, just say for instance, uh, our church, we wanted to expand this church, and we wanted to go 10 foot that way and 20 foot that way, and we wanted to do all kinds of stuff, raise the roof. I mean, these are all things that some of us have talked about. So let's just say it was on the docket to do in 2021, but we, we knew the cost. We've counted the cost. It's going to cost us $100,000, and somebody gave us a check and said, here is $500,000. Well, enough would be $100,000. But because, for whatever reason, they wrote the check for $500,000, then it is sufficient. A lot of times we use the word sufficient to say, well, that's sufficient. That'll work. That'll, that'll be okay. But Nathan, the sufficiency of God's grace is not just enough. It is more than enough. And so I ask you the question this morning, is God's grace sufficient or not? God abundantly supplies us with His grace that we have a place to stand, that we have uh, a place to live. We have The old song says we have shoes on our feet, we have plenty to eat. Another song says we've got a place where we can worship and pray. And so God's grace has been shown to us throughout our lives. But grace is not simply a one-time gift that we receive. Now, if we look solely at salvation in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8, for by grace are you saved through faith. And so we look at that and we may say, well, we received grace. That's good enough. We received it once. Well, that's great, but we receive it more than once. Every day of our lives, we receive grace. Every day of our lives, we receive mercy. And again, to define it, mercy is not getting what we do deserve. We deserve penalty, but God shows us mercy, and so we don't get what we deserve. But on the other hand, He shows us grace, and in that, He gives us what we do not deserve. We do not deserve heaven. We do not deserve the peace that passeth all understanding, But even though we don't deserve it, he shows us grace and gives it to us. So grace is not simply a one-time gift. It is a state, one writer said, a state in which we live. He said, life itself is a continuing experience of God's salvation, an experience made possible by God's continuing grace. And salvation is never something that we can lay claim to like we do a possession that we've earned. But Jody, just say you wanted to go out and you wanted to buy a new vehicle. Now you probably could go to the bank and get money or whatever if you wanted to. Or you could say, you know what, I'm going to save my money and I'm going to work and I'm going to put up every week and I'm going to put it up until I have enough I've earned enough to be able to pay for this. That's not what salvation is. Again, salvation is getting what we do not deserve. So, grace and salvation is given to, one, a people that do not deserve it. But it's not only given, but it's extended throughout all eternity. So, every day, every time we sin, guess what? God gives us more grace. Every time we do wrong, God gives us more grace. It's always a, a gift. Salvation is always a gift received in grace. So I want to give you just a couple things, uh, out of, out of the scripture. Let's keep our Bibles open. I want us to see this. Is God's grace sufficient or not? God's grace is sufficient to forgive. In Ephesians chapter number one, verse number seven, Ephesians chapter number 1, verse number 7. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. He says that we've been redeemed by His blood, but it says the forgiveness of sins has come according to His Riches of grace. So God's grace is not only sufficient, but it says the riches of His grace. Again, it is an evidence that His grace is more than enough. In Romans chapter number 6, verse number 14. Romans chapter number 6, verse number 14. Now, as I was studying this, I was envisioning about 20 people over here And about 20 people over here. So you four people over here and you six people over here, you all going to have to work hard. Okay? So I want you to do something. This is not usual, but I want you to do it. We're going to be in Romans chapter number 6, verse number 14. Okay? When I read this first statement in verse number 14, I want y'all four to sound like 400 and say amen. Okay? Now, when I read the second statement, you that are over on this side, I want you all to say amen real loud, okay? So here we go. Romans chapter number 6, verse number 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. I'll take it. Alright, here's the next one. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Alright, y'all win the cookie on this side. So I'm going to read it again, you don't have to repeat me. But it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. That really ought to get us excited. Sin does not have to have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. He asks the question, what then? Or if I could say it like this, what next? What's what's What next? He says... He's asking this question, shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? And he answers his own question, God forbid, God forbid. Let's look at verse number 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? So he asks the question. Since we're not under the law, but we're under grace, do we have the right? Do we have the the um, what's what's the the right to sin? The 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 um, license to sin? He says, God forbid. And he 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 makes this statement. He said, Do you not know that if you serve something, you will become a servant? He says. If you yield yourself servants to obey, then his servants ye are to whom you obey. If you go to a job interview and you get a job, then you are to obey what that owner tells you to do. What your boss, supervisor, whatever. You're supposed to do what they tell you to do. If you don't, then there's maybe a reprimand. There's a little mark on your Record or whatever, maybe you get fired, I don't know. But you are a servant to that person. We don't like to think about ourselves being servants, but that's what we are. But he gives, he gives the opportunity here. He says you can be a servant of sin, you can serve sin, you can obey sin, or you can be, you can be obedient unto God, unto righteousness, and be a servant to righteousness. Personally, I'd rather be a servant to righteousness, and I'm not just being super spiritual. I'm saying I would much rather be a servant to God and His righteousness and receive His grace and and the things that He has to offer than to serve Satan or to serve sin or myself in this world. So, is God's grace sufficient or not? Is it sufficient to forgive sins? Ephesians 1 and Romans 6 says it is. It's able to, to save from sin, from trespass, from debts. What about to finish? We're, we're in this race. Paul said we're in a race. He says, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. Okay. So we, we know that we're in a race. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, 1 Corinthians 15 verse number 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me, or which was with me, excuse me. So is God's grace sufficient or not to finish? He says here, He says, I have labored, because of grace, I have labored more abundantly. He said, and it wasn't of myself, but it was because of the grace that was with me or upon me. And so, to finish this course that we have, to finish this race that we have, God's grace gives us power, It gives us stamina, and it gives us perseverance. When we think of power, we think of fuel. God's grace is what makes us continue on. When we think of stamina, we think of maybe to finish a race, to finish an act, to finish work, to whatever it may be. We need the stamina to make it through the day. It's God's grace that allows us to do that. Monday, excuse me, Tuesday... Uh, Braylon and Ashlyn and myself, we started trying to run again. And so we're starting off slow and we're just, we're walking for a few minutes and then running and then we're walking and running. We do that a few times. And, um, uh, none of us are used to it. And so it's difficult for all of us, but one of my girls is just really having a, a very hard time and And immediately the tears want to come. She wants to stop. She wants to go back. And, and I, I I could, I could say, absolutely not. You're, you're going with me. You're, you're going to do this. I don't care if I have to whoop you all the way back home. I could be harsh or I could say, listen, you made it through that one. Now we've got three more runs to go. Just keep it up. Run slower if you have to, but don't quit. I'm right here. You can see me. Just catch up to me when you can. And I could begin to encourage her to do these things. What that's doing on my part, it's showing grace to her. And it's saying it's not all bad to get out here and run this race. And folks, the world would have you to believe that this race that we're in, it's not really amounting to anything. But can I tell you that it's leading somewhere. It's leading to a heavenly home. It's leading to that place where we can finally see eyeball to eyeball Christ Jesus, God the Father. We are going to a better land, a better place. It's because of this race that we're on. And so God's grace is sufficient for us to finish. We spoke about perseverance in second Timothy chapter number two, verse number one, he says, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Again, here's this grace and it's giving us things that we do not deserve. And Paul tells Timothy, my son, be thou encouraged, be thou strengthened. What did he say? Be Thou strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. So next we see that He, His grace is sufficient to frame our way to heaven, to give us a way to heaven, if you will. In Ephesians chapter number two, let's go back to Ephesians. We were just there a little bit ago. Ephesians chapter number two, verse number eight and nine. We've quoted this verse a few times. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, is God's grace sufficient or not to frame our way to heaven? Can we get to heaven by the grace of God? Well, let's look again. He says there in verse number 1 of chapter number 2, And you hath He quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. This grace has made us alive. Okay? We were dead, but He quickened us. He says there in verse number uh, 5, He says, When you were dead in sins, He hath quickened us together. Verse number 6, By this grace... He says, He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places that in ages to come He might show the exceeding riches, that's the abundance, the more than enough of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And then we come back to that verse number 8. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, so can God grace God's grace get us to heaven? I believe so. I believe He made us alive. He made us to sit together in heavenly places, even while we were here on earth, but he's fashioned, he has framed a way to heaven and that's through His Son. For by grace are you saved through faith? that not of yourselves. it is the gift of God. it's freely given. it is a gift of God. And I believe going back to it not being something that we can earn, I believe this clearly shows that that we can't work our way to heaven. We can't just do good acts and go to heaven. Jesus said there in Matthew, He says, Many shall say unto Me, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works in Thy name? Jesus responds, Depart from Me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. So what, no matter how good-hearted someone is, if they don't have that grace given to them by God, and they don't trust in the blood of Christ, then they are going to hear those faithful words, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And then last, I'll give you this, and then I'll give you a short uh, illustration. Uh, is God's grace sufficient or not to furnish our needs? Let's go back to our text, 2 Corinthians chapter number uh, 12, verse number 9. And he said, "My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Is God's grace sufficient to furnish our needs? Well, We look at this and we see that he says, I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said there in verse number 10, I'll take pleasures in my infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distress for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. This grace is amazing. Paul is weak in his flesh He's hurting in his flesh, but yet God speaks his grace to him. He says, my grace is sufficient. It is more than enough for you. And then Christ made another statement. He said, for my strength, this is Jesus speaking. He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Not in Christ's weakness, but in our weakness. That's when God's grace is seen the most when we are at our worst, when our strength is gone, when when our needs outweigh everything that we can do, it's God's grace that proves true over and over again. We sing the song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. You see, God's grace is amazing. God's grace is unmerited. We didn't deserve God's grace. But I'll say this, God's grace is all we need. Our president has, has given the country, what do you call those, stimulus checks. And they've done all kinds of different things. And in essence, what they've done is they've empowered people not to provide for themselves. In essence. Some folks have needed it and, and they've, they've been able to use it to, to truly pay bills. Some folks have bought TVs and they've bought all kinds of stuff and they've just, you know, frivolously, frivolously used it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something eternal. God's grace is all I need. Would it be great for somebody to make a deposit in my bank account today? Absolutely, it would be wonderful. But more than that, I've got to have, I need, I need the grace of God every day. In every decision that I make, and every check that I write, and every time that I embrace my wife, I need God's grace. Because without it, there's no telling where we would be. I'm going to give you this illustration and we'll be done. <clears throat> and again, I asked this question, is God's grace sufficient or not? There was a young man. He was employed by this company and he began to misappropriate some money. And in doing that, he was discovered and he was asked to report to the main office where the owner of the company was and he, he thought he was called... He thought everything was going to end, his whole his whole career, if you will, flash before his eyes. As he knocked on the door and he opened it, his boss, the owner of this company, asked him to sit down. And he began to bring up all the things that have happened, and he asked, Are you guilty? And he said, Yes, sir, I'm guilty. At that point, he says, If I keep you in your present capacity, can I trust you in the future? Now, Brother Jody, if somebody had sold thousands of dollars from you, would you have said, hey, if I keep you on, can I trust you again? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe hundreds of dollars, maybe. Thousands of dollars, the likelihood gets a little bit less. But hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's very, very unlikely we're going to keep them on. But he says, if I keep you in your present capacity, can I trust you? He says, oh, yes, sir, you surely can. He said, I have learned my lessons. The guilt has just eaten me up. This man said, "I, I am not going to press charges. And you can continue in your present responsibility. But he said, there's one thing you need to know. He said, you're the second person to do this. The young man said, I don't understand. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? He said, you're the second person to succumb to temptation. He said, I was the first. And he said, the same grace that was offered to me, I now offer it to you. This man is now the owner of the company. When he was just an employee, he did something dishonest. But grace. Was extended. Now he's in a place where he too can extend grace. You and I are in a place where we can extend grace. But I want us to know, even when we are wrong, when we have done God wrong, we may not have stolen financially from God, but we've, we've done something. Just know that God is still willing to give us grace. Let's pray.